0: Four weeks ago, if I'd asked you uh, to tell me all you know about Jonah, you would have said, well, there's something about a whale. Jonah and the whale. You probably wouldn't have realized that it's a book in the Old Testament, and today you can reach forward and find it without a problem, right? So everybody reach forward and find Jonah. Remember, we know it's between Obadiah and Micah. It's in the Old Testament, page 1383 is the page we want today. Thirteen eighty-three is the end of the story of Jonah. But I thought, please open it because I want you to underline just a couple of sentences in there. But I, um, I thought instead of me reading the story that Sarah's already told at a kid level, you could hear it from people to whom it is not just a story. It'll take just a minute. We'll show it up on the screens. The word of the
1: Lord came to Jonah. Go to the great city of Nineveh. But Jonah found a ship to flee from the Lord. And such a storm arose that they knew he was running away from the Lord. Then Jonah said, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. At this time, the Lord provided a great fish. To follow Jonan. And Jonan was inside the fish three days and three nights. From inside the fish, Jonan prayed to the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it binded Jonan onto dry land. The word of the Lord came to the Jonan a second time go to the great city of Nineveh. Jonan obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. The Ninevehs believed God. They de- declared a fast, and all of them from the greatest to the lowest. When God saw their sorrow, he did not bring destruction
0: upon them. The city of Nineveh not only really existed, it really exists. It is in Iraq, a different reference point for us to think that God who spoke so long ago to the people of Nineveh might still be speaking to them and to us. I'd like to read you the last part of the story, The rest of the story, the last 10%. I'd like you to pull out a pen or a pencil if you don't mind so you can underline something in the Bible in front of you. Chapter 3 ends this way. When God saw what the Ninevites did, how they turned from their evil ways, God relented and did not bring the destruction he had threatened. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. And he grew angry. He prayed, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to prevent by running away to Tarshish. I knew, this is what I'd like you to underline. Underline this next line. I knew that you are a generous, gracious, compassionate God. Slow to anger and abounding in love. A God who relents from sending calamity. One of the Old Testament purposes is to show what God is like. This is the kind of God I know you are. And Jonah hates that. Now, Lord, take away my life. It's better for me to die than to live. But God replied, is it right for you to be angry? So Jonah went out and sat down at a place east of the city. He made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Maybe, maybe. Then the Lord provided a leafy plant, and made it grow up over Jonah to give him shade. And Jonah loved the plant. But at dawn, God provided a worm, which chewed the plant, so it withered. And when the sun rose, God provided. A scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head. He wanted to die. It would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah again, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is. I'm so angry, I wish I was dead. But the Lord said, you've been concerned about this plant, which you didn't tend or grow, and it springs up overnight and dies. Shouldn't I have compassion for the great city of Nineveh with more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and also many animals? That's how the story ends. It's 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 like it ends in the middle of the sentence, right? But here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to underline verse 10. You've been concerned about this plant. You didn't intend to grow it. Shouldn't I have compassion? Your translation may say concern. In the notes, or in the margin, write the word compassion. They're the same thing in Hebrew. Compassion for the great city of Nineveh, with more than 120,000 people who can't tell their right hand from their left. And I think part of the reason that it ends so abruptly, as if it's not the end, is it's not the end. The story of Jonah is not yet over, even when the book of Jonah is over. The very first week, we started to learn together about Jonah. Brad said, Jonah is a story about how God calls people. And then decides whether they're listening or not by their response. Some, some people hear God and they turn to God and say yes. And other people hear God and they run away. I don't want to do that. Or they pretend that they can't hear God. Are we listening to God or are we running away was Brad's question. God is still looking for people who will listen when he calls. God is looking for people who will run into the fire. Two weeks ago, in Boston, we saw people willing to run into the fire. In the explosion in Texas, we saw people willing to run into the fire to save others. It is easy to be the church and sit here and send checks. It's easy to do what we did yesterday, actually. It was a wonderful time. 20% of our worshiping population, 20% of us, went and spent time with the poor. i got to tell you, that's great and it's easy. It's not complex. What's complex is when we start to interact with the poor. What's complex is when we start to tackle issues like civil rights or temperance or abortion or morality. That's when God stops preaching and God starts meddling when god calls and we say excuse me i think this is for you there was a bishop in latin america who became a bishop because he was so wonderful with the poor dom heraldo de camara in brazil he said when i went out and i fed the poor the people looked at me and they loved me and they said he's a saint and they made me a bishop as a bishop when i went out and i fed the poor they said he's a saint And they loved me. When I turned to the people in my flock and I said, why are they still poor? They stopped calling me a saint and started calling me a communist. That is the call of God. There is an innate unpopularity sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes when God asks you, why does this world look so different than my kingdom and what are you going to say about it? The first week, Jonah learned the lesson of calling. And he learned it in the belly of the whale. The second week, we talked about the difference that is needed between believing in God and following God. We talked about courage. Many of us sit here and we believe all this stuff. Or we're learning this stuff. We have notebooks filled with this stuff. We believe there's a God. We believe in Jesus But there's a difference between believing and following. Jonah is called to be a follower, to follow God to Nineveh. You and I are called. Jonah is called to be an ambassador of God. And that takes courage. There are some people that think that they are ambassadors for God, but really they are terrorists of truth. We've seen some of those lately, haven't we? Terrorists of truth who set off bombs and kill children at races. Terrorists of truth. Who go to the funerals of our soldiers and make protests about gay people. Terrorists of truth. That's not what God is calling Jonah to do. That's not what God is calling you to do. He wants you to become an ambassador of reconciliation. Speaking the truth so that reconciliation will happen. That doesn't take less courage. That takes more. It's it's easier to be angry than it is to speak the truth with love. A couple weeks ago, uh, one of those ambassadors of truth died. His name was Brennan Manning. This is what Brennan looked like. I I feel like I have a lot in common with him. Uh, He was called a ragamuffin. Roman Catholic parents family of drinkers, much the same, gift of gab, he would come into the room and you would say, I have never met anyone so winsome in your life. Actually Brennan came here and spoke at the upper room and uh, you wouldn't realize till later that some of it didn't make sense because he was drunk and he was a drunk and when he was drunk he hit his wife and he was a prophet at the same time. At the same time. The temptation of our age Brennan said, the temptation of our age is to look good without being good. This is what he said about courage. I want neither a terrorist spirituality that keeps me in a perpetual state of fright about being in the right relationship with my God, nor do I want a sappy spirituality that portrays God as such a benign teddy bear, there's no aberrant behavior or desire that he doesn't condone. I want a relationship with the real Father of the real Jesus, filled with grace and holiness. Courage to speak the truth. Lee talked about that last week, about that courage. Remember he talked about hard conversations that require you listening to hard things and saying hard things. If you did not have a chance to hear last week's sermon, I urge you to go online. It talked about the courage that God blesses when we are willing to have hard conversations. Jonah, Jonah had that courage. He gets spat out of the belly of the whale, goes to Nineveh, and starts having a hard conversation. Forty days and Nineveh will be destroyed. This is not the guy you invite to your parties. Forty days courageously for three days he gives the message and then he walks out of the city turns around and waits for vindication. Okay God 40 days are up. Get them. He has to learn one more lesson. He's learned about calling from God and courage to follow and not just believe. Now he has to learn that God's truth speakers which I pray this afternoon will be you have to have Compassion. That's why I had you underline that that verse in chapter 4. I knew what kind of God you are. That's why I ran away. You're a gracious God and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love. You want to save everybody. Jonah hates that. He wants God to save him and his friends and the rest of them literally can go to hell. Now, before we get before we get too angry at Jonah or we feel just like he's a weirdo, Jonah's got good reason to hate the Ninevites. God sending Jonah to Nineveh is like God sending you to watch your child's killer walk out of the jailhouse free. God sending Jonah to Nineveh is like God sending a Jew you watch a German say, hey, I'm sorry about the Holocaust. It was a mistake. And God saying, I forgive you. And Jonah goes, wait a minute. Really? That's why Jonah's angry. But without compassion, we are just terrorists of truth. And the church has no reason. I'm sorry, the world has no reason to listen to the truth. Andrew Marin said one time, that it took him a long while when living in the gay community in Chicago. He said, I didn't have a clue of what I was there for for a long time, but I finally figured out my job is not to win arguments to change people's behavior. My job is to bring people to the Savior by the way that I love them and let the Savior do what the Savior can do alone. Compassionate telling of the truth is what we are called to be about. Calling that you can either run away from or listen for. Courage to follow and not just believe. Compassion, rather than being judgmental, leads to the end of Jonah's story. Conviction. Forty days and then Nineveh will be destroyed. But the people listened and they tore their clothes and they said, we'll change. And God saved them. God saved the Ninevites. Do you think God saved Jonah? I think Jonah was in as much trouble as the Ninevites were. He thought God loved him and nobody else. You and I can feel like God loves us and nobody else. Does God change Jonah the way he changed the people of Nineveh? Well, let me, let me tell you, I, I think that when this story ends and Nineveh is not destroyed and Jonah is sitting there baking, he comes to a new view of God. Let me give you one more Brennan Manning. Because salvation is by grace through faith, I believe that among the countless number of people standing in front of the throne at the end of time, dressed in white, holding palms in their hands, I believe I'll see that prostitute from the KitKat Ranch who told me in tears she couldn't find another job to support her two-year-old. And I'll see that woman that had an abortion, haunted by guilt and remorse, but did the best she could. I'll see the businessman besieged with debt who sold his integrity in a series of desperations. I'll see the insecure clergyman Addicted to being liked, who never challenged his people from the pulpit, who longed to be loved, I will see at the throne the sexually abused teen, molested by his father, selling his body on the street, who, as he falls asleep every night after his last trick, whispers the name of the unknown God that he heard about in Sunday school. But how will these people be at the throne? And then the voice will say, they've washed themselves in the blood of the Lamb. And there they are. There we are. There we are. The ones who want to be faithful, who who got defeated and beat up by life, who wear the bloody garments of life, but through it all cling to grace. My friends, if this is not the gospel for you, you have never understood the grace of God. The reason I think that Jonah got that story is because the story of Jonah is in the Bible. How else does the story of Jonah get into the Bible? The people of Nineveh wouldn't tell it this way, would they? They'd talk about this superhero who came at great risk and preached salvation to them and they were saved. But that's not the story of Jonah. Jonah is the story of the jerk. Jonah the jerk. And who tells the story? Jonah the jerk is the only one Who could have told the whole story? That's why the Bible is so powerful. It is not the story of brave people. It is the story of people like you and like me. Like Peter the coward who runs away. Like David the adulterer. Or Moses who doesn't want to speak up. It is the story of people like you and like me who get the grace of God deep into them and then walk out into the world and God uses them anyway like he used Jonah. Like he is calling to use you. You. The reason that I I know that Jonah turned it around is because of the end of the story. We started with a video of the people of Nineveh telling the story of Jonah. Can I give you 45 seconds more of what happened in Nineveh? In Iraq now, there is a fast. The Christian
1: people will fast for three days. They do this every year as they did in Nineveh. On the fourth day, the Christian meet for mass at church.
0: 2,700 years later, there is still a God in Nineveh, in Iraq. Because Jonah went to Nineveh, there is still life in Iraq. There are still followers of Jesus in Iraq. Wrap your brain around that. And every year for three days they fast and say, thank you God for the three days that Jonah spent in the belly of the whale. Give us grace. There is still life. Because someone spoke God's truth. Is there somebody in your world right now that God is calling you to talk to? Not to get up and say, you need to know about Jesus. But for you to tell hard truth to or loving truth to? Is there somebody God wants you to have a conversation with that could start a journey from death to life? Are you willing to have your life disrupted so that other people might live? Or are you going to run away? Lord God, I thank you for my sisters and brothers here who are just like me. We talk pretty and we live messy. We want to believe, but we're not crazy to follow. We want you to take care of our enemies, but not to take care of our enemies. I ask that you will give us ears to hear your voice and that you will give us eyes to see the people who need to hear your word. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Spirit. Amen.